Welcome to season four of Handpicked. This is about people grilling me to get my business experience, to help them grow their And what's great is we get to learn, discover and meet incredible business owners who are really up to some very interesting things. Anyway, enjoy. Maybe you've got some questions for the next season. There's not one conversation in business that isn't talking about sustainability, but what are we doing about it? Bethany has a great business idea and she's put it into practice, but now she's like, where to from here? A wonderful story about the merry-go-round of toys. Now, Bethany, you've got quite an interesting story. Maybe you'll share a little bit about the context of your business before we get started on those questions. Sure, I'd love to. Um, my business is Merry-Go-Round Toys. We're very much in our infancy. I, I, my family's always had a very strong community connection. Uh, my husband and I have both volunteered and been in paid roles for our community. And our world turned upside down in 2018 when I was medically retired from police service. Uh, it was a job I loved. And uh, due to health reasons, I was unable to work for a period of time. I've now managed to find a bit of a balance with my chronic conditions and have launched uh, merry-go-round toys which is all about selling toys on a consignment basis for families so our purpose is to make toys affordable as well as reducing landfill uh, look that sounds fantastic so I'm just going to clarify um so is it like a rental business you 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 know you said you offer it on consignment so they pay for something but how do you earn your money? Like, okay. So we organized to get all those toys that the kids begged for and then played for for three weeks and are now sitting in the lounge room. Mm -hmm. We organized to either pick up or get delivered those items, which we then quality check. We categorize them. We sanitize them. Then we place them for sale on both our web store website and as well as physical markets and once the items sold we split the proceeds with our families so we take 60 percent and we offer our families 40 percent uh that's due to the 4 30 a.m starts for those markets it's really cold <laughs> yeah oh, don't worry you don't have to justify margins to me you can't grow a business <laughs> unless you've got margin and even if it's a social enterprise, you can't change the world unless you're making money. It's that simple. With the social aspect that you brought up there, um, we offer our families uh, different streams in relation to their proceeds. They can either have, elect to have them go to their own bank account uh, or to be put into store credit, which is where the merry-go-round comes about. We love our families bringing us their six-month-old toys and then buying 12-month-old toys for their little one as it grows. 
And uh, we also thirdly offer the option of donating your proceeds to one of our charity partners. Fantastic. Merry-go-round is a great name for your business when you think about that single nature of what you're trying to achieve. So I think that sounds fantastic. So, Bethany, what questions have you got for me? I suppose I touched on it earlier um, insofar as I really have a lot of great ideas and growth options for merry-go-round but how do I reach potential investors that not lose that control of my own business and ideas? Look you've got to be really careful when you take investors because what investors want is a return on their cash and um and as an investment class, they will want a big return. And so, you know, it's quite, it's different to have a partnership, a distribution agreement, a joint venture, than having somebody around the table who's actually not interested in how many toys you, you know, sent around the merry-go-round. They're actually only interested in, well, what was our margin on that? And the way you have described your business, it doesn't, to me, fit with, um, the sort of investment um, portfolio or um, profile that that I would necessarily think. So, if you if you think it's oh I'm short of cash, I think there is other ways um, to look at how you raise funds. The other thing is in, investors like to invest in capital, equipment, systems, or processes that will allow you to scale. They won't invest in working capital or advertising or so forth because honestly it's it doesn't demonstrate that you've got a viable business model so for me right now if I listen to where you're up to on your journey I'm thinking about well how do I get more bandwidth how do I get more leverage how do I spend one hour on something and get 50 hours returned so um, I think there's a different way of looking at it Often people go, oh, I want an investor, when actually that would be the worst thing in terms of being able to fulfill on your purpose. Yes, you need more of a collaborator, someone who shares that passion. Yeah, you you might need a team of advisors, you might need a, a, a mentor, you might need somebody who can open the right doors for you uh, in terms of your networks and so, yeah, I'd just be really careful. Um, lots of our guests talk about investment and, um, you know, all is not what they see. You know, once you've got an investor, that's when the real work starts, quite frankly, because you begin to work for someone else. Yes. And with myself, that leads on actually to one of my other questions is that uh, I do suffer from chronic illness. and running my own business is kind of a double-edged sword for me. It's great because I can work around my body and my limitations, but I'm unable to put in the long hours required when you're launching a business. Yes, and, um, you know, launching, running a business is not for the faint-hearted. It is long, it's hard, you never know what's going to happen in a day, you don't want to let your customers down, you've made these promises and so forth. 
And so what I would um, suggest to you, and I have talked about this in, in previous episodes, but I think it's worth reminding ourselves, is what do you love and what do you loathe? What gives you energy? What takes your energy away? And write them on a list. When you get that list and you've done that and you observe yourself, oh, I had a great day. Why did you have a great day? Well, I was working in my power and I was working in my strength. Okay, I had a terrible day. Why was that? Well, because I didn't feel I got anything done. And so when you write your love-loathe list, then say, who else can do this stuff I really loathe? I really don't like it. And they don't have to be permanent employees. They could be outsourced. You could get air taskers. You, you know, it might be the picking and packing, which must be really physical. Um, but uh, I, I suggest that you write down what you don't like to do, and that'll allow you to spend your most precious resource, which is your energy, on the things that are your special gifts and where you're really adding value to your business. That's wise words. Thank you. I suppose I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, but when do you take the leap of faith and start exploring expansions such as employees, such as uh, a different uh, route for the business. So I, have, I, I really want it to have two facets, both the sales as well as a rental side of things. Yeah. So when, I'd be really clear about what you're really looking for and, and why you need that. And I, I reflect back to there was a moment where, you know, I was just doing everything all the time and I had to recruit somebody. And I actually didn't even know who I was recruiting and um, I put an ad back in the day when it was called Monster and I couldn't choose between these two people. Like I just couldn't choose. Um, they both seemed incredible and it was about loading product and, um, you know, making sure that the product that you saw on the website was exactly what people got, all of that sort of kind of um, quality assurance and stuff. And I couldn't choose between these two people. And in the end, I employed them both. And I remember my husband at the time said, um, we can't afford this. But for the first time, I had bandwidth and I could work on what was great for me. Now, interestingly enough, that is more than 20 years ago. One of them is still with me, uh, Gemma oh, Farsage, wow. and I have worked together now for 20 years. And the other one, Elizabeth, she, um, when she left our enterprise and she stayed for, I don't know, four or five years, she went to do an MBA and she became a supplier of experiences. So, and, and we're still in touch today. So I, um, it really is. And um, so sometimes you, you, it's getting yourself to the point where, and because I had that capacity, I could then really work on sales and marketing and growth because I was no longer answering every phone call loading every product, you know, making every sale. And at some point it is either a business or it's not, and you do have to back yourself. But both of those people truly believed in our vision and that made it really, really easy. I agree. I think I need somebody who's as passionate or as similar ideals and morals it's values, actually. It's about shared values. Yes. So get people to tell you about what's important to them and how they describe themselves and their stories around themselves. Um, and when you have a shared set of values and you'll be documenting your own and, and lining that up. Um, there's another great tool, which I think I've spoken about before in this, which is the Gallup Strength Finder. 
I also highly recommend any team member. It's not a it's not a selection tool, but when they come on board, find out what they're innately great at. Because once you look back at that love loathe list, you're going to go, well, they love following up debtors. Let them do that because I hate that. Yeah. So you'll find out. <laughs> so I think that's really great. And what are we going to finish up with? What's the last question you got here? The last one is us advertising. Is it worthwhile for small or micro businesses, a bit like myself, to look at influencers, especially seeing I'm working on a old concept with a new product? Mm. So consignment's been around for years in the fashion industry, but it's new for toys. Mm. Would influencers be worthwhile for me? No. Cool. That Great. was easy. Where so, should I be marketing? Oh, look, and it's look, it's really easy to spend money. It, it's oh, really, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you going to get a return? If, just yeah. knowing your business and having you know raised kids myself and seen those, and I gave away all this fabulous Duplo and um, all of these incredible toys, and I just gave them away to friends, and they were expensive. Um, Or even at Christmas, you know, kids seem to get so many gifts and then they use them for a minute and they're gone. So I think the far more important is for you to tap into the groups where parents are Um, and whether that's your local kindergartens or your, you know, local PNCs or the mother's groups or the this, that and the other thing. Those sorts of things are far more powerful for you than, um, you know, some flash in the pan thing. That's online. I mean, I know I sound really. There is a place for people promoting products because it can give you authority and so forth, but that's not what you need. You need one parent to say to another parent, I can't believe that I managed to get at least some money back for all of that expensive stuff, the blah, blah, blah. And then I actually left it with them because I knew I would get good value from the next level of toys. And so, you know, when when we were, um, when our, our kids were little, the uh, council had a um, a toy library and we would go, mm. it was only open every Wednesday morning and we would go every Wednesday morning and swap the toys over. And for the toys they really, really loved, they'd go and either get them again or we know what was on the Christmas list. So it, 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 uh, it's, it's a, a, an old concept. It's been around for a really long time. But I think the best way to grow your business is through finding those leverage points and, um, and, and having other people, real people, talk on your behalf, real people talking in the mother's online forums and so forth, um, I, I, real parents talking in those online forums and so forth. And I think that that will give far more authority to you um, than any influencer ever can. They know, people know that they're paid to say nice things doesn't work yes yes unfortunately Mm. but no thank you very much and um i'm already tapping into our local play groups our childcare centers school fates getting there getting the word out there (laughs) absolutely i'm sure you've got one more question there for me somewhere okay franchising wow just a small question (laughs) Oh, I told you. I warned you I have big plans for merry-go-round. Look, you know, franchising is a really interesting thing, but you've got to think about what is it that is your secret source that you are really Mm. franchising. So if you look at the franchise models, 
It is that people can't do that on their own. And it's usually around the intellectual property. So have you got something that is a repeatable process that nobody else can do unless they're paying you for the license thereof? And if you think about the big franchise groups, you, you realize what that looks like, whether it's a quick service restaurant or whether it's, you know, Jim's mowing or whether whatever those franchises are. And in Australia, the franchising laws are really, really tight. And um, the franchisees have to receive unbelievable value. So if you were really, really interested in franchising, I would first step go and speak to a franchising expert and get legal advice on what is it that is your secret source that is patentable that delivers real value. And for some businesses, it's their marketing system. It's the how they bring people into the brand. And that can be enough that they can wrap around And that is the franchise system. So it's a systems business and I would get professional help on that. Oh, most definitely. Thank you so much for your time, Naomi, and your words of wisdom. So my pleasure. Um, Really lovely to meet you. Really enjoyed our conversation. And congratulations. Keep going. Keep growing. Thank you so much. Wow, thanks for listening. Surely there's someone you know who could learn from this too. Please share. Remember to subscribe and we look forward to having you on the next episode of Handpicked.